Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Alex, I know that we've been toying with the idea of, you know, we want to get some more guests on the podcast. So um, I went and got a guest that I think is like, I think will really improve at least the introduction segment. Uh, uh, Doctor, you can come in now. Hello, sir, Alex. Um, your co-host Craig has talked to me, and um, he says that uh, we should uh, go over some of your medical records. Send Are it. you comfortable with that? Let's do it. All right. Um, first off, now I am more of um, a physical doctor, but he says that uh, the first things that he wanted to bring to my attention and therefore your attention was um, something that he described as crippling narcissism uh what do you have to say about that um i think you're talking to the wrong guy honestly um if anyone between craig and i has a problem i think it would be him um and i'm sure as a doctor you've had plenty of experience with this but i just want to give you some intimate details about his life that mike i think he's trying to distract from himself okay Um, um so first of all his name is first in this podcast um and he demanded it that way so but i I think like i mean if you wanted to look at it you know it says like permanent good or alex handle and you know that one of them is definitely a better name for a podcast than the other just devil's advocate but continue continue sure um another thing is he has a wild habit of editing horrible things i've said into this podcast and making himself look amazing out of it he doesn't say anything controversial he leaves it all on my side and he just edits in someone that sounds like me to make himself sound better now it seems like listen like i said before i am mostly a physical doctor but it seems that you might be fibbing a little bit that's interesting um because the last doctor he brought on here, right, agreed with me entirely. So I think he went and found you because he knew you would take his side. Classic narcissism move. Interesting. Did you, do you did you manage to catch that doctor's name? Actually, um, I was taking care of my newborn baby, so I was I haven't been paying as much attention to him. Usually, I take our friendship very seriously. Um, but recently I know that he's been going through a lot, um, personality wise, anxiety wise. And I think the narcissism actually getting worse. Um, but I don't actually remember that doctor's name. He switches doctors pretty regularly because a lot of times they don't reinforce his beliefs. Well, um, it seems that, uh, you are very, uh, versed in the topic of, of mental health and, uh, and treatment. So, uh, what, what? What is your recommendation that uh, I should talk to him about? I think he needs to definitely be on medication. Um, I think he needs to surround himself with people maybe that are better than him. Because I think that would help ground him. Because I think right now um, he might have a friend or two. Or maybe he just you know creates characters that make himself seem better than he is. And I think if... Maybe I spent a little bit more time with him. I think you'd realize that he's not. You know what I mean? Interesting. 
Um, I had a bit, and then you cursed it, threw me <laughs> off my rhythm. <laughs> and then you say that he should go on to medication. I feel like I should, uh, since you are clearly his, uh, since you clearly have uh, power of attorney in terms of his medical accord. Uh, the only medicine that I am legally allowed to prescribe is heroin. Do you think that that would be beneficial for him? I don't think so. I know it can get pretty pricey. I th- I was leaning more towards cyanide. I think I think that'd help him out a little bit more. Probably a heavy dose in the beginning, depending on the effects. Um, maybe we can kind of wean him off cyanide and a little bit more towards arsenic. I see. I see. Well, I very much appreciate your insight. And uh, I will definitely um, come back and uh, we will you will not avoid your to- talking about you a second time. But oh, um, sure. I do want to say um, I've been looking for your medical history. And the one thing I wanted to say before uh, we got away from all of this is um, it seems that you have uh, a chronic, which is weird. This isn't usually chronic, but somehow you managed to get chronic syphilis. Is that something that uh, concerns you? Oh, that was a weird, weird um, mistake done by the doctor. They Instead of saying chronic syphilis, they tried to say... I'm so... I'm, I'm champion symbiosis. Because I don't know if you've actually... There's been a lot of research done on me, actually. I'm actually a little bit of a cyborg. I was in a pretty crazy accident when I was in the military. And now my body just functions differently. So most of my bones are unbreakable. Um, I'm made out of steel for most of it. My digestive system is like refined and super efficient. And um, not only is my immune system extremely high, but a lot of vaccines, I have no negative effects whatsoever. So, I mean, I am a medical anomaly. That's probably what you, you saw but uh, I think the doctor or nurse was new, and they just put in the wrong information. Medical anomaly. Um, yes, that's exactly what it says on my charts. I was going to try to dispute it, but I couldn't think of a joke fast enough. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, I will go tell Craig that he is able to come back in. Sure. And, what was uh, your name again? I just want to make sure I start paying oh, attention to the doctor's names. Uh, Dr. Steins. Like Stein and Heinz, but like Steins. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I'll remember that for next time. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, so, what did the doctor have to say? Um, you know, there's. I'm covered under patient confidentiality. I don't really need to explain any of that to you. Um. Okay. I mean, I. I did pay for him to come here, and he had like you know a two hundred dollar copay, even with my insurance. But like, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's you're right, you're right, you're right. Sorry, yeah. I I mean, I I take that stuff seriously. If you don't want to, I mean, that says more about you than it does about me. No, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, I I, just like was it like did it help? Like, do you think? Um, depending on how his treatments go in the future, I think it could be really beneficial. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, now that we have that out of the way, um, we yep. can go into our movie segment. Yeah, we decided to watch um, Hereditary. Which is, I'm going to say, the most different movie we've watched on this podcast so far. That's not true. 
Remember Lighthouse? This is the second most different <laughs> movie we've watched on this podcast. Um, Wait, that's not true either. Remember Clockwork Orange? So this is in the myriad of different movies that we've watched in for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hereditary, it, it was a horror movie. You know, if you don't want to hear us talk about a horror movie, uh, we're going to do a spoiler. We're going to start with a non-spoiler section and then we will do a full spoiler section. Um, if you don't want to listen to any of that, if you don't want to listen to movie talk, here's your time code to skip ahead to the improv segment right here. Time code 49 minutes, 35 seconds. I think we should start with explaining our histories with horror movies, because I think horror movies is as popular as they are. I still think they're kind of a niche genre and like the subgenres can get super specific. So I'm curious about like what your history with like horror stuff is. Um, I hate them. Um, Me too. Pretty Me much too. across the board, um, especially anything in the spiritual, demonic realm, dealing with dead people, spirits coming back. Loathe those yeah. horrors. So, Hate them with a passion. Yeah, I was talking to someone about this like after I was done uh, watching it, and I'm like, I think I can do horror movies as long as they don't involve like haunting, which... I understand is a hefty majority of the genre. Yeah, right. Like the only horror movie that I've like sat down and actively enjoyed was um the new It movies um and Invisible Man. Yeah. So, you know, the first It the first It movie genuinely scary, but like it wasn't like it wasn't something I was afraid of taking home with me. And mm-hmm. It Chapter 2 was just as much a comedy as it was a horror movie. Fine. And then The Invisible Man was like, it managed to do horror, but from more of a thriller perspective. And it was, you know, it wasn't supernatural. It was just like, hey, this is a dude who's like determined. Right. And that movie was great. It was. So going in, so like. I've seen some memes about this movie before and I'm like all the memes I saw about it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I probably would hate this movie. And then, and then you were like, Hey, let's watch hereditary. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I knew it was supposed to be scary. Um, spoiler alert. Didn't think it was very scary. Oh um, yeah. I didn't think it was very scary. There were some scary elements. Um, but I also watched this in the day, started around four o'clock in the afternoon. So that helped a lot. Also, yeah. didn't watch it alone. Also, took a break or two. Um, so whenever I, ha- I was able to stay objective and not get super emotionally invested. And I think that helped a lot. Also, yeah. I think all the movies have done spiritual, demonic stuff scarier than this. And I... And I hate watching these movies. So I had, I've i only seen like a few. Um, so, I mean, there might be plot points or something or maybe tropes that scary movie people just see all the time. Like, man, this movie's just super hacky. I wouldn't know. I'm not going to be able to catch that stuff. Yeah, I watch this also in the daytime, but I watched it by myself. And I'm one of those people that gets just as scared by the buildup as I do by the execution. 
because once I enter like the mindset of, okay, I am watching a horror movie. I am on edge 100% of the time. It's not like, oh, we're in a break where, you know, this is very clearly a lull from the scary quote unquote. So I can take a breather. I do not operate like that. When I'm in a scary movie, I am just like, my heart is beating the entire time. Yeah, it was, it was tricky. So the basic plot point of this movie guys is it starts off with a grandmother dying in the beginning. She dies. You don't get to see it or anything like that. You just cut to a, a funeral. After that, um, dude, do we just go into how Charlie dies? Yeah. It's early I, in the movie. So, like first 20 minutes, yeah, 15 minutes. There are a lot of deaths. I don't want to say a lot of deaths, but there's just like big beats that happen very soon. That are kind of, That's kind of pivotal to the entire story. Right. So the biggest, the one that hits hardest and affects the rest of the movie is post grandmother dying, right? The family is recovering and grieving. And the daughter who is 13, who does not look 13 um, to me, if I'm being honest, what does she look like? I know like maybe like 10. Oh, that's crazy. Cause when she filmed this, she was 16. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was convinced this chick had prosthetics. Like she just, I saw this kid for the first time, scared the pants off me, and she was just a normal kid at that time. Um, so what ends up happening, this is a huge plot point, but is unveiled early, is um, there's four members of this family, not counting the grandmother who's died. There's a mother and the father, and then there's like a 17-year-old Yeah, played son, by one of the Naked Brothers of the Naked the- Brother Band. Didn't catch that. <laughs> that's wild. Holy smokes, that's awesome. And then, yeah. oh my gosh, Alex Wolf. That's nuts. And then um, daughter, whose name is Charlie. So you have Peter, father. No, Peter, who's the son. Steve, who's the father. Annie, who's the mother. And Charlie, who's the daughter. And Peter is going to a house party. And he is forced to bring his little sister, Charlie, um, to this party. She has an allergic reaction to nuts while at this party. And he drives home high with her and she puts her head out the window to get some air because her throat is clogging up and when he swerves to miss a deer her head hits a telephone pole and she gets decapitated and then horror ensues after that because the family's grieving and they they're just they're turning to how are we going to deal with this and the mother turns out she has a history of sleepwalking which is wild and that's pretty much how this movie breaks down is two deaths happen. They turn out to be related and the family just grieves through the entire yeah. movie. And you know, after Charlie dies, there's a lot of, th- that's when like the haunting starts to begin. Um, because right. the mom thinks, you know, I was in, like, she was taken away from me. I need to, I still want to be able to communicate with her. So they start looking towards, you know, supernatural ways of communicating with her. Also, obviously, right? Because it's a horror movie. You lose your kid. You're like, I need to communicate with them. Of course. (laughs) And I hate that. Alex, I'm not going to be able to pick up horror tropes. Also, Alex is disgusted at a horror trope. It's one of those things. It's just like, 
there was a couple of horror tropes and some of them they avoided. In this movie, there are zero, I wouldn't say zero, very, 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 very few jump scares. Probably three max. And I don't even think they're jump scares. I think they're just scary things that happen quickly. They're not, there's no like sound cues, crazy things. So if you're scared, if you hate jump scares, you can still watch this movie. That being said, there's still some horrible elements of this movie. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought again. Am I dumb today? Am I just dumb today? I mean, maybe. Um, I have a bunch of notes if you want to start going through them. I don't. We're going to yeah, have to do a spoiler why, section. Yeah, so. We already set up for that. So let's hit some Dope. small things first. Well, A24 did this movie. Yeah, not surprised by this in the slightest. Oh, this is something that I wanted to talk about. So this was written and directed by the same guy that uh, did Midsummer. <clears throat> oh, interesting. And Excuse me. And Midsummer is much more my speed than this movie. Both of them deal with like cult-ish themes, but I feel like Midsummer was a lot more like... You know, it was more grounded in reality. Midsummer, in my opinion, you know, I watched a while ago, so I might be fazy, but fazy, fuzzy, or hazy. Um, it was a lot more grounded in reality. You know, it wasn't supernatural. And then we have this one that also has cult themes that is way more supernatural. And I'm like, mm, no thanks, not for me. I'd rather just watch Midsummer again. Yeah, dude, this was. Um... It was pretty wild. I'm still trying to decide whether or not this movie was scary or not, or whether or not I liked it. Um, the music from the bat, if you didn't know this movie was supposed to be horror, you found out immediately. Purely based off the music. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the fact that this whole house basically runs off the revenue of a person who does miniatures for museums. Yeah, there's also, also creepy AF. Yeah, and there's also this like kind of subplot slash, you know, contextual scene of like it kind of revolves around like a dollhouse kinda. There's like that yeah. element to it, which is stylistic, and, I guess. Yeah, it is stylistic. The first transition you see is a super cool like zooming in on a dollhouse and it turns out it's real. Yeah. That's that was very cool. There's a couple other elements. That she does, like, she also, like, remakes the accident in miniature form. And it's super detailed stuff. So you see her daughter's head on the pavement. And her husband comes in and goes, yo, what are you doing? Which is the correct response. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, so uh, this movie was wild. Uh, you can agree or disagree on if it's actually a horror movie. But... If if you're okay with like you know supernatural demonic horror movie stuff, you know, you watch it. I guess. Yeah, the acting holds up. Uh, I feel like the dialogue holds up. It's not a hard movie to watch. It was done well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. But if you don't like the spiritual and demonic stuff, this sucks. And there was elements of it that I'm like, what is going on? Are you crazy the whole time? Yeah. I mean, and it's not like, oh, I wouldn't do that. It's the, man, this person's life really sucks because <laughs> everything bad that could happen is happening. All right. Is, uh, are you good to move on to spoiler section? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. 
If you do not want to listen to our spoilers, uh, you are welcome to use this time code right here to skip ahead. Time code 49 minutes 35 seconds. So, on IMDb, out of 10, what do you think the Naked Brothers Band has as a fan-rated score? Oh, I love how we hopped in the spoiler section and immediately stopped talking about the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm going to say 6 out of 10. Ooh, Alex, that was a little too optimistic. 3.4 out of 10. Ooh, boy, dude, Yikes. that's bad. It's real bad. That's bad. Anyway, the movie. All right, so the movie. Let's just... Some stuff that happens early that we probably could have covered pre-spoilers. Um, I hate the way this kid looks. And I that's probably a bad thing to say because I'm pretty sure the kid just looks like that. <laughs> like, maybe no prosthetics were used, have, but this kid just looks scary. Like, listen, that's also just a thing. It's an unfortunate truth that a lot of actors, especially a lot of actresses, have to go through. is just like, you get cast on what you look like. That's just an unfortunate truth of Hollywood. And, like, I can only imagine being a 16-year-old and being like, yes, you look like a scary 13-year-old. Like, gee, thanks. It's not like I'm going through puberty right now or anything. Well, I mean, she here's the thing. She went to this audition. That's on you, bro. <laughs> and I saw her, and I was like, oh, already scary. And then I saw the mother, and I, oh, I'm scared of both the women in this movie. Was she on Broadway? She might have been on Broadway first. I mean, maybe. She was talented. I mean, that's I think that's the kind of the good thing about getting someone who's older to play someone younger. Um, You get more talent at it because they have more experience. And she just happens to look way younger. So she did it amazingly. Okay. This but is, she was born in freaking 2001 or 2002. This is uh, a, a kind of an unrelated anecdote. But I did a show in... Uh, back in Michigan, you know, we did a, a show of the Secret Garden, and you know, this was at my college back there. And the Secret Garden has a part that is like an like a like a twelve year old girl or something like that, or an eight year old girl. And but because we're all college students, they just casted you know a short twenty two year old, and she did an interview for like the local paper, and she was like, "Yeah, that's kind of the thing about being on stage is like you have to go on stage and you think." oh, I can't do this how a 22-year-old would do it. I have to think about how an 8-year-old would do it. And I remember reading that like, yeah, you just described acting. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, what? Um, anyway, So past on. just people just looking scary with no context, just by themselves, I would be scared to meet them in public. Um. Yeah, uh, Bird's head just gets chopped off with scissors. Yeah, not a... F- okay, I think about that all the time. Like, if I were to stab somebody, I think, aside from the moral uh, problems that that uh, creates, I don't think I could stab somebody in the heart because I wouldn't want to feel the knife go through their rib cage. Like, like, there's something about something piercing through bone that just makes me go all heebie-jeebie. Yeah, I mean, realistically the knife is going to go through parts of the rib cage. It'd be very hard to go through the bone. Not saying it's not possible because it is possible. Yeah. Like it would probably just like find slip a, through the, it slipped yeah. through your, the different ribs anyways. Um, yeah. So a huge, not fan of the whole bird's head getting chopped off. Um, the tongue click Tourette's thing. Also, not a huge fan of that bad boy. Uh, when you say not a fan, do you mean not a fan as in you just straight up didn't like it? Or not a fan as in like it was kind of getting to you? 
It was like, one of those things I'm like, oh, she's dead, and we're still hearing clicks. Get that out of here. That's how I felt about that. I'm like, can we not, please? Can we can we really not? Also, 33 minutes in, right, when this chick gets decapitated. At that point, I realized that this movie's gonna do foreshadowing better than any other movie I've ever seen. And by that, I mean when they're driving to the party, the camera stops on the post that she gets decapitated by on the telephone pole and just holds it. And I'm like, well, this is a weird shot, kind of creepy. And then as soon as she dies from it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie's the best of foreshadowing. It foreshadows. I and I won't be able to cover everything because I also wasn't paying attention as much as I should. That happens when you're a little scared. <laughs> um peanut allergy. We all knew something was gonna happen with that. Yeah. Um the spiritual book they find in grandmother's thing. Yeah, like listen, there's no way you bring up a spiritual book in a horror movie and it doesn't come back somehow. Yeah, oh, no, that's totally not relevant. <laughs> we have monsters here. No spirits. Um the f- telephone pole, the sleepwalking. Mhm. That came back up in a hurry <laughs> and was not fun. Um dude, it just kept oh, the uh the problems at the cemetery came back up later. We're like, oh, that's going to be relevant later. And it was. Just everything became important. Oh, the doormat. My mom just makes ones just like those. That became relevant again. Dude, every... There was very few, like, obsolete details that were added to this movie. Almost everything is foreshadowing. Yeah, and, like, the important thing about foreshadowing is... You can't beat the audience over the head with it, which I really feel like didn't happen much. Right. I think they did it really well. Um, The first time. Okay. So the first time I was like, what the heck am I watching was when the kid got decapitated and then the, the brother didn't know how to deal with it. So he just drove home and then slept through the night. Didn't sleep at all, but waited through the entire night. Mom's like, all right, I'm going to work. Goes downstairs, finds out there's her daughter's headless body in the backseat, right? That was the first, what the heck am I watching? The second thing, why does your son hate you? Oh, um, I was sleepwalking. I covered me, him, and his um, daughter or his uh, little sister in paint thinner, and I lit a match, and I woke myself up when I lit the match. And I'm uh, like, oh, that was what the heck number two. Yeah. Um, what the heck number three? The first seance when the cup was moving and I'm like, here we go. It's that kind of movie. And then it just happened nonstop from that point on. As soon as that part happened, I'm like, all right, hunker down because it's that kind of movie. Yeah. Midsummer does a lot of very similar things where it's like, like slow surprise, slow surprise, faster surprise. And then we're going buck wild till the end. Right. I'm kind of in the same boat that I'm probably in a more exaggerated boat than you were in, in terms of the uh, difficult to pay attention because um, I kind of didn't want to pay attention because I knew as soon as I started paying attention, I opened myself up to fear. But like, so, you know, the last like third act of this movie is, you know, 
circles a lot more around like occult stuff and like demonic stuff and that's just something that like it doesn't affect me in like a moral or like ethical standard or whatever but it's just something that like i don't know it just like gets me in my core it's like a different kind of freaked out like it just kind of shakes me and and that's kind of what was happening yeah i mean it messes me up because i'm like oh this stuff is real i believe in this stuff i know this stuff is real and now I'm watching a movie making fun of it, which is not great. Yeah. So I dropped a couple of Jesus Christes in there just to clear <laughs> the air. Hopefully to make it a little bit better. Yeah. Like, hey, Jesus, can you uh, just, you know, I know it's not real. but <laughs> Can you just like extra watch over me for like a day yeah. or two? <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, Yeah. The clicking kept coming back in the movie. Was not a fan of that. Um, Dude. When she was sleepwalking and she follows the ants and then he has a, she has an argument with Peter about, I never wanted you to be born. I tried to end you. And then she lights herself on fire again with paint thinner. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. This movie does thriller <laughs> better than thrillers does thrillers, bro. <laughs> like uh, what? Yeah. What were your thoughts on like the final treehouse scene where um this didn't need it dude i hate it for macy that ruined the movie for her okay like i don't need this because there's a lot of especially i think it's kind of a trope in occult slash demonic movies that involve passing the title along and sometimes it's a little more shoehorned than others this was shoehorned AF. And for all of you who decide not to watch the movie but are still listening to the spoiler section, there's you learn end of second act, beginning of third act, that they're getting possessed, right? And spirits can only inhabit male bodies. Which means Peter is in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. Because um, for some reason, the father, I mean, he bursts into flames. So... <laughs> That was an ideal. And Peter is getting tormented this entire movie. I He, I feel like, went through the worst pain in this movie. Well, well, I would argue the the child that got decapitated. She didn't feel a thing, dude. What are you talking about? She didn't feel a thing. You know, you're right. I guess you're right. I mean, the scene where the mom's floating and stabbing herself in the neck trying to decapitate herself was also pretty traumatizing, but whatever. Um, anyways, so when the when the mom brings them down, the father and the son, and being like, hey, I just learned this whole seance thing. I've been doing it without you for a couple minutes. It's pretty exciting. Um, and they're all freaking out, and then you hear clicking around the room. And then she gets possessed. As soon as that happened, I'm like, you know what you do now? Never talk to your mom again. See ya. Yeah. Hey, mom. Nice knowing you. Wouldn't want to be a deuces. How fast can you sign a lease on an apartment? Because you should do that. I will be a homeless in Oklahoma, bro. (laughs) And they were in Utah. I am getting out of here. I will take the car, steal it if I have to. And just drive till I run out of gas, bro. I, as soon as she got possessed, I'm like, deuces, I'm giving up on all of you. I hate you all. Yeah. 
getting out of this. I am calling the local church as I leave, and that is no longer my problem. Right. Um, yo, also, um, this is a trope in horror movies. It happens in thrillers as well, and it always ticks me off when people say, let's call the police, and then they say, the police can't help us. Do you know what they can do? Put you down if this gets out of control. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and guess what? It got out of control real quick. Real quick, dude. The police can't help us. Well, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. And if it does hurt, well, what did you expect? (laughs) What did you expect, bro? When, dude, also, when Peter wakes up, right? This is after the father's burst into flames. Couldn't really explain to you why. Um, And he's like... it's. I I think it's because they tossed... I think they it, toss the book in. Yeah. And the first time she talked, toss it in her sleeves caught on fire, which not a fan. And then she tossed it in again and he just burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Right? So I looked, um, I watched like a hereditary ending explained video. And the gist that like they were kind of getting at is that Charlie was like always, you know, this new, head of the occult and so when she died and they started to like try to burn that book like that's why the consequences were starting to ramp up if that makes sense yeah i'm also trying not to think about this movie too much you know what Um, that's totally fair so after the uh father burst into flames right burnt to a crisp that's when for me we were in the pits of this movie and we had 20 minutes left, maybe less. And that's when it got real bad because Peter wakes up, he looks out the window, sees the treehouse, right? And now we know that's because there's a bunch of strangers in there who are naked, worshiping something. And he goes downstairs, mom, dad, mom, dad, right? Sees his dad burnt to a crisp. Oh, before that, He's looking out the window. You see his face. And then you see something walking on all fours in a white nightgown. And when that happened, I was like, let me check to see how much time is left on this movie. <laughs> and then, so you see this mysterious person, all fours, classic scary move. Um, Just in the background. And he goes downstairs, mom, dad. Mom, dad, sees his dad burnt to a crisp. Close up on his face again. Back left corner. Mom, in the corner of the wall. Also, not a fan of that. And then you see something catch his eye. It's a person in the closet. Still don't know what that is. Looked a little bit like Charlie, right? Ish, maybe. Couldn't tell you. And then we get like a ceiling view of him. And then the mom is now in a different corner of the room and chases him, right? Chases him. He runs up to the attic, right? And then you hear knocking. She's pounding on the attic door. And then you find out she's on the ceiling, hitting the attic door with her head. And that was another part of the movie that I'm like, I'm glad we're coming up with this ending late. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with this the whole movie because <laughs> that would be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. 
And then there was a whole bunch of drama in the attic already that we knew. Um, like a body was up there. There were symbols. We, there was some plot development about like the person that she learned the seance from knew her mother. Her mother was like a leader of this cult. And we learned all that stuff. And then, I mean, the, and then the rest of the movie happens. Not much left, but it just gets worse from there. As and someone who is not a, a horror movie aficionado, neither of us, does like the explanation at the end matter much to you? I it If it's not done well, it ruins the movie. If it's not done at all, I don't care. So You know what I mean? Yeah. So this movie, it felt ham-fisted. And it ruined it. Like, this was a pretty crazy movie. The acting was good. The dialogue was good. I was, like, legitimately, like, feeling for these characters. It was a horrible situation. Um, And then the last three minutes happen. We see a, a woman float into a freaking treehouse, right? And then you learn about, like, a king of hell and a bunch of horrible stuff. And I'm like, I didn't need this. It's not making it more scary. Are you doing this for the plot? No one cares. Why are you doing this? And that's how I felt. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Um, do you have any other major topics you want to bring up, or did you kind of hit them all? How would you feel about Peter at school? Alex, I have something to confess to you. Yeah. <laughs> and we've managed to go thirty-five minutes without it being a problem. I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell you the story. I I went to my library. I picked up the Blu-ray DVD, and or the Blu-ray disc, rather. I put it into my Blu-ray receptacle, and I started it. And I got to that opening screen where it gave like that block of text that no one reads. Right. Um, I paused it to read it, by the way. But could you tell me what it was about now? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, first of all, the interesting part, it was, it was basically like... Um, the obituary in a newspaper. Yeah. Um, and then I was looking up. Um, I was looking up this movie on IMDb, like as that title screen was going. And I saw that image you were talking about of like being of like the, the headless body on all fours and like the nightgown and everything. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> I don't actually want to watch this movie. So I read the Wikipedia article and I watched a video about it and I was doing really good until you asked me a direct question. I mean, this is the first movie you just like straight up bailed, dude. Yeah. And you know what? You don't. I am disappointed in you. I'm disappointed. Listen, you need to understand. I do so much for this podcast. <laughs> I This is where I'm drawing the line. I'm clicking through the pictures to see what you're talking about. So the there's a couple school scenes that I'm talking about. Um, one of them, dude, I'm looking through the pictures to see if I can find that headless picture real quick. Um, so the school scene is he starts getting... He gets possessed at school and there's a person who's coming to like, I don't know if it's to, what's it called when you pull a demon out of somebody? Exercise Exercise. somebody. So that happens at school real briefly. It doesn't work. And then he gets possessed 
and he starts beating his head against the desk in front of his classmates. It's crazy. Um, here, I, I'm going to send it. I'm saving this to my computer so I can send it to you in the chat. Gotcha. Um, the stills in this movie might be scarier than the movie itself. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to share my screen. Oh, the headless person in the nightgown. Yeah. That's at the very end of the movie. The person, the picture, I'm looking at the picture you saw. It's at the very end of the movie. Yeah. But I saw what I'm seeing is like, it's, you see him and it's just black in the background and you see a white something move across the back on all fours okay and it's freaking terrifying but yeah i saw this image and i'm like huh no thanks actually um but it's listen if you're into horror movies this seems like your this seems like it could be your thing it's not my thing i gave it a shot and by gave it a shot i mean i pressed play um and so I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, first, he didn't give this a shot, bro. That's the thing. Uh, listen. Give it a shot. Uh, listen. This I'm disappointed. Is, I am disappointed in you. Because I hate horror movies, too. You also and had a, a loved one to watch it with. If Even if I wouldn't have, I would have watched this movie. I'm just clicking through to see if I miss any huge plot points. Um, did you have any questions as a person who didn't watch this movie? No. It, it this is just one of those movies where like seeing it get memed on the internet and like hearing people talk about it, I just I always knew this was gonna be a movie that I would not be able to sit through. Like it it uh, it's just not my style. Um my, I'm sure my blood pressure is already high enough as it is. Um, maybe if I maybe if I go back on anxiety meds, I can push my luck. But yeah, um, until this then, is, uh, not trying it. It might be scarier going back and watching it a second time. Not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm looking back at these pictures. I'm like, oh man, this movie was pretty uh, pretty intense. <laughs> Yikes! I'm trying to find the specific moment that I'm like, ah, oh, bro, no thanks. Um, I'll find it later and send it to you because it's not fun. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to give this movie an official rating since your rating is the only one that kind of matters? <sighs> the problem with scary movies is do I rate it on how scary it was or how good the movie is? Because I don't know what the difference is. I, I've i always rated mine on like personal enjoyment. So like, you know... Mank might be a good movie, but like I hated it, so it was a. <laughs> I didn't give it a good score. Okay, then I'm gonna give it a five, flat five. Okay, I'm not gonna watch it again. I I can I know enough about it. I watched the whole thing that I can talk about it, and I'll remember it. So that's the difference between a four. Is like four is almost forgettable. They're so bad. Um. So yeah, I'll give it a flat five. All right, but uh, also, guys, this is not my movie. Some people are gonna like. I think on IMDb this. This movie's like a seven and a half or something. Yeah. Yeah, 7.3. It's, it's supposed to be a pretty good movie, you know? It's just not my thing. All right. Um, okay. So this is going to be a little insert. Uh, before we get back to welcoming our non-movie listeners, um, this is being recorded uh, the day after we recorded the actual movie segment because I feel like I needed to redeem myself. Um, since 
uh, recording that and watching and doing this, I have now watched Hereditary. <laughs> nice. I finally nice, got nice, around nice. to watching it. And finally got around to watching yeah, it. Yeah, after like you didn't avoid it entirely. Okay. <laughs> um so watching it made me realize why I'm so hesitant. Because like I can start most horror things, but it's usually once I start it and I get, you know, like two or three minutes in, I start to remind I like I start to remember like, oh, this sucks. And this movie, like all quote unquote good horror movies, it's because I can never get engaged in the story because I'm always on edge that something is about to happen. And you know what happened with this movie? Yeah, dude, this movie has got some sneaky, scary parts. Because you were right. There were not a lot of like jump scare moments, but there was enough to make you on edge for the next one. I think watching other jump scares in movies made you think they were happening all the time. So you're always ready for one. And they happen like two or three times. Yeah. And almost all of them are the same jump scare, which is to say somebody is in the corner or a door frame, mostly yeah. hidden by shadows. Yep. And it and <laughs> and, it, and the thing is, it's not like it doesn't pop out at you. Yeah. Which like is the worst the part. The camera doesn't like which is the spot worst part. at you and the music doesn't change. You just notice it yeah because it happens at the very beginning then it happens like there's a scene where peter's like trying to fall asleep and then he sits up in bed and as he's sitting up in bed somebody like crawls behind i was "Mm -mm." that's the one i was talking about that's what i'm talking about because at that point i'm like oh this is a scary movie and then and it's towards the end but that one in particular i'm like oh yeah it for some reason when people crawl not a fan not a fan. Yeah. And then there's that bit where like his mom is in the door frame and that kind of and it kind of like appears behind him. Mm, yeah. Not a fan. Uh, yeah. When it's just like in the corner of the wall. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of that. So overall, um, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on the whole like five out of ten rating. I think, it, you know, if it's a horror movie, if it's, you, you do horror movies, good, fine. But um, I finally watched it and I'm I'm glad I did. Uh, what do you think about the whack ending, bro? So it was one of those things where like a lot happened without anything being said. So um, where do you say the ending starts? Like probably when Steve catches on fire or something or like the yeah. or just like the last two minutes of it. I as soon as he jumps out the window. OK, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, OK, that's where the movie should end. Yeah, I agree. And then it keeps going. Um, cause the mom cutting her head off was very like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, uh, cause she doesn't saw she stabs. Yeah. And so it's very, it, it, that would have been a very grotesque way to end the movie. And then they, and then they just like double down on the whole, like, there's a bunch of kind of dead people like worshiping Alex Wolf. And I'm like, uh, okay. There. Okay. The one thing that I did want to critique specifically was I do not like it when horror movies do this like isolated character in a crowded environment. And it was during one of the school scenes where Al- where Alex Wolf is his name's Peter. The character's name is Peter. Um is 
sitting at a lunch table by himself. He's the only one at the lunch table. And he's like looking at a woman across the street and they're like looking at each other through a fence. But there yeah. are a bunch of people around him. He's just the the camera is only focused on him. And I'm like, I don't like this shot. I'm not a because I know nothing's going to come of it. It's just there. Yeah, I was super annoying. Also, at the end of the movie, you still don't know what he's talking, what's going on. I don't I literally don't know what that scene was about. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. And then but the scene where he starts to get possessed at school. Which I realized yeah. is what you were asking me about earlier. Uh, good scene. That was a that was a good scene. I enjoyed that. As far as like thriller goes, I think that was cool. And yeah. and then there's you know the scene at the very towards the beginning where he starts, where he starts to feel the allergic effects that Charlie felt at the beginning of the movie. Right when he's smoking weed. Yeah, I thought that was like. I I don't want to say it was a good thing, but it, it was a good scene. But it was very clear. Like, all right, the bad stuff is starting to happen. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Not really sure. Still not sure how I feel about this movie. I'm not watching it again yeah, for sure. And there's still parts that are confusing to me. Like, I don't know what actually happened. Um, and, and you know what? That's totally okay. And, you know, some people like those things that are, like, up for interpretation. And it's up to the audience to decide. And, if, and you know, that's fine. But just don't make it confusing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just So when you hear in about 15 seconds Alex say... Oh, Craig didn't watch th- that. Is, was a temporary truth. You're about to hear a temporary truth that has s- since been uh, uh, fixed. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Alex will now welcome back our non-movie listeners. All right. Well, there you have it. That's our movie segment. Alex, would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Non-movie listeners. Um, spoiler alert. Craig didn't freaking watch this movie. So just like you, he skipped it. Well, I mean, depends on like what you mean by skipped it. I did my well, homework. Listen, I spark listen, notes it, which is what we both did all of high school. Yeah. And then I grew up, became an adult and realized I have responsibilities. I got to take this stuff seriously. Anyways. Improv segment, dude. Yeah. We're bringing back a banger this is one of my favorites ones to do and we should probably do it more often that being said we're doing half cast craig and i have both prepared a script but just one side and the other person kind of just has to improv and see where the story goes yeah and this and our script will not vary no matter how the other person responds so usually about halfway through it kind of goes off the rails one person's acting through lines the other person is just figuring it out. All right, Alex, would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, The only thing you need to know. No, I'm, it's easier if you don't know anything. Okay. You ready? Yeah. We need a crash card immediately. All right. Uh, over here, over here. Come on. Sir, I'm Dr. Graham. It seems you have a serious mishap while cleaning. What's your name, sir? Uh, uh, John. Donald, are you on any medications? I'm on so many medications. Allison, get in here and monitor his vitals. Um, no, that won't be necessary, uh, actually. I need to talk to whichever surgeon's on trauma and give me a crash cart just in case he dives. 
Okay. Um. Ooh, I think you're kind of over. Listen, I just stubbed my toe. It's all good. Who is this with you, Donald? Um. This is my husband, uh, Charles. Christine, what happened? Hold on. Am Andrew, I- go and get Jen and Hope from down the hall. We're going to need some help. Am I playing multiple characters in this? No, it's just you. That was the one I was going to give you. I'm like, hey, you're going to feel like you need multiple characters. It's just you. All right. Uh, Anyways, scene break. You went unconscious. Donald? Donald, are you okay? You're coming back from consciousness. Oh, my God. My head hurts. How are, how are you feeling? Um, You know, it could be worse. I mean, you had quite the injury. Are you currently in any pain? Um, I'm a little heartbroken and embarrassed, but like, I think I should be fine. Do you remember anything from the accident? Um, I remember, um, sorry, my memory's a little fuzzy. Uh, I remember swerving to like not hit some roadkill and I feel like my, my sister got hurt. Can you tell me what happened? Um, I feel like I kind of just, are you listening? There's no need to be embarrassed. I've worked in trauma for almost 15 years. I've seen it all. Okay, but you haven't seen me before. Therefore, we haven't established like a trust report. You got to understand like where I'm going. Well, that's from. not what Christine told me. Oh, and what did Christine tell you? She said there might have been some experimentation with a broomstick. Does that ring any bells? Listen, okay. Have you ever seen the movie Fantasia? Like... We were trying to do something along that line. Listen, I totally get it. Um, we have this little joke in the medical field. Everybody needs flared bottoms. Uh, how often does that come up? Listen, while we rearranged your bowels, repaired your anus, and sewed your stomach back together, we did find something concerning. I feel like you gave me a lot more graphic detail than I actually needed, but continue. We need to talk about your cholesterol. Oh my god, every doctor I've gone to is like, your cholesterol, your cholesterol, what, what, what is it? And scene. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean, tragic bedroom accident, you know, it happens to everybody. Yeah. Listen, if you haven't gone to the ER because of a tragic bedroom accident, like, are you even living? Not trying at all. All right, what you got for me? All right, uh, this is a pretty straightforward scene, Sweet. Um, so we should be good to go. Awesome. Uh, Alex, take a seat. Are you ready for your quarterly review? As ready as I'll ever be. Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to say right off the bat that you have been one of the st- you've had one of the strongest starts to this year in the whole department. Well, I mean that comes from experience and just knowing what I'm talking about. You've really raised this team out from the pits and turned them into something that we can actually use. Well, it took work. The first quarter, I felt like they didn't even want to show up to work. You know how everybody feels about their stimulus checks. Nobody wants to work anymore. Which makes what I'm about to say really difficult. What? Alex, I am sleeping with your mother. Boy, oh boy, am I happy to hear that, bro. First of all, I hate you, so you guys are a match made in heaven. Second of all... I don't care if you guys get married. I'm not calling you stepdad. Listen, I've been for about three years now. Okay, that's weird. Um, I will say that. Um, Because she's been married. 
So not only are you breaking news to me, you also just told me my wife, my, wow, that was weird. <laughs> Freudian slip much? My mom is cheating on her husband. Well, you see, we met at a dive bar down in Philadelphia, and I was just coming down from some acid, as you do, and I just, I knew I needed some physical action to end the night. Well, she'll definitely give you a workout. Listen, I tried every woman in the bar, and quite frankly, your mother was just the only person that said yes. Yep, that's on brand. (laughs) Believe me, I was just as surprised as you are, but what started as one night of sheer animalistic relief slowly morphed into what I'm not afraid to call love. Well, um, hate to break it to you, bro, but uh, you probably just ended marriage number four, so you'll be number five. Don't get too attached. I cannot believe that you would talk to your new father that way. Bro, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Um, it's, it is weird that you're talking to me about this, but, I mean, good luck, I guess. That's right. We're engaged. I wanted to wait a little longer to tell you, but I guess everything is being revealed today. Yeah, I mean, also on brand. Kind of for both of you. Listen, do you want to know why we're engaged? She's pregnant. I mean... You're about to have a little sibling. My mom is almost 59, so I'm pretty sure that's not possible. But whatever, maybe you're adopting. Alex, this behavior is not tolerated in the workplace. Keep this up and you will be fired. Please, fire me. I dare you. I will sue the pants off this place and subsequently also take my mom's money. That's it. Pack up your office. You're out of here. Thank you. Hated this job anyway. And you know, if you can't afford rent without a job... You can always come stay. Uh, you can always come back and stay with your mother and me. You can go f- yourself. You need to get yourself in check. I have been nothing but good to you when you don't even deserve it. You and her. First of all, you guys sound so alike right now. It's evident you've been together for a while. You need to get out of my office. Get out of my office. This is my business. One last thing. I if murdered. You say, I'll see you at Thanksgiving or something like that. I'm gonna kill you. I murdered your mother. Whew. Wow, what a plot twist that was. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Do you need any money for that? Tips? Fifty percent? Ten percent? Oh, I'm... I don't know what's normal for oh. hitmen. <laughs> uh, see, I guess. See. Oh wow. Man, we're doing bleeps for comedy. Yeah, we today. are. Yeah, of course. I was gonna bleep myself, and I'm like, I think it's just more authentic if he just bleeps me. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty good scene, man. Yeah, I love pretty it. good scene. Love it. Um, that was half cast. Um, it'll come back eventually. Now that we remembered, we like it. Um, yeah, I'm big fan of that. Um, if you guys have a specific scene you want one of us to script, just let me know. I'm looking for new material. All right, Alex, you have the middle segment. I do. I came up with this one last week when I was struggling to come up with any segment whatsoever. Um, and this one's called the PG Book Club. I have a bunch of books in my office that I never read. Um, because busy and whatnot. So for this podcast, I'm going to walk you through the basics of a book. I've highlighted some things that I've skimmed cliff notes, if you will. Um, and I just want to get your feedback on them. So Craig, this week's, um, PG book club is the gentleman's guide to life by Steve Friedman. I have highlighted one, two, three, six excerpts. I'm going to read you a little bit and we're just going to talk about it. First thing, 
Oh boy, oh boy, I lost my spot. Oh, perfect. Sounding smart about anything. Say the words derivative. Say jejun. Say gravitas. Hope, hopelessly nihilistic. Wonderkind. And I think that's it. So, what was the topic? Sounding smart about anything. Okay, yeah, this doesn't make you sound smart. This makes you sound pretentious. I think you mean derivative. Mm. Or maybe hopelessly. You sound hopelessly nihilistic. Listen, you maybe that's have, just because you have I'm a big a case of the wanderlust or whatever the whatever it's you wonderkind. Said. That's what, what I means? said. No, I, I wonder if this has a. Be sure to pronounce it wunderkind. Oh, see, already messed it up. Well, that was interesting. A person who achieves great success when relatively young. Never mind. I'm retracting when I said it about you. I appreciate it. Next topic. Therapy schmerapy. Ooh, I already don't like this. (laughs) All right. Find a therapist if you think the Unabomber went a little too far, but had the right idea. Get thee to shrink if you're certain that the woman... I've never read these before, by the way. I just found a cool topic. I'm like, oh, I'll read this. Hold hold on. Can you read that, like word for word again get thee to a shrink if you're certain that the woman who dumped you would definitely take you back if only she had the taste of the new scrambled egg dish you have named in her honor is it did did he spell the t-h-e-e or just t-h-e t-h-e-e what do you think i'm an idiot i'm a wunderkind no 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 i was not going to criticize you i was going to criticize the author i'm going to criticize him anyway because holy crap Tone it down, bud. Well, I mean, the book's called The Gentleman's Guide to Life. Next topic. Um, watches. The simpler and less digital, the, the digital, digital, the more elegant. Watches that tell you five time zones, square roots, and when the next lunar eclipse will occur, also tell the world that you're kind of strange. I'm on board with this one. I think that's a pretty good point. Listen. Yes, I, I agree with the sentiment. You know, a more minimalistic watch is more stylish. I agree. I just wish this guy didn't write like every sentiment like could cause a nuclear apocalypse if not followed correctly. I think the thing is like, I mean, dude, the tagline for this book is what every guy should know about living large, loving well, feeling strong and looking good. So I think he's really trying to tap into the incels in all of us. Yeah, and he is not I, hiding his ego, to put it simply. But I think he's also trying to tap into our ego. I don't know, it's hard to tell. Next, the backache. This is under the fitness and feeling strong chapter. Hold on, so backaches, real quick. I just want to say backaches. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably going to say, you if you have any backaches, you're already too much of a and um, seeing a chiropractor about it is weak and you shouldn't do it. He says, um, you're carrying around repressed rage. You're tense. Your mattress is too soft. You overdid it in the gym. Your chair at the office is possibly too high or too low. Or you have a non-bacterial prostasis. High, horrifying possibility of this diagnosis? Cancer. You know what? I bet he has a degree in that. I, I'll take his advice. <laughs> He seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Let's dive into the women part. 
Okay, I, real quick, I do want to say that it's important to note this book was published 24 years ago. Was it? Let me check. Yeah, Google says 1997. Uh, yeah, that's what I see. So, um, this book is as old as I am. Yeah. All right. Um, there's a guidelines to women. Uh, I'll read you the first one. We don't really need to talk about it. Uh, motivation matters. And I think it just talks about what you need the woman for. Now, guideline number two. It's healthy, natural, and perfectly okay to pursue models, actresses, homecoming queens, and other classically beautiful women. I think that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I do want to say real quick, I looked up this guy online. And hey, buddy, mm-hmm. listen, live, stand in your truth. But you don't have to worry about attracting any supermodels anytime soon. <laughs> I think he's talking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, whatever. Um, guideline number three. It's also perfectly fine to pursue Hilda from accounting. Of course, her name is Hilda. Of course. Um, the one with the sensible shoes and the Phi Beta Kappa key ring. I mean, as long as he's covering his bases and letting us know everybody's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Next thing. Meeting the woman of your dreams' parents. Don't do it. Rule number one, don't do it. He's now kidding. Now that you've ignored rule number one, when you look at their daughter, try to appear dreamy. That's a good tip, I think. I think that's a pretty good tip. I hate this guy. Hey, I don't know if it comes through in the past like five minutes of of podcast, but I hate this guy. <laughs> Dude, this is a pretty good tip, though. That's pretty. If you're looking at their daughter around the parents, you're meeting them for the first time, appear dreamy. That's important. Beware of parental behavior that includes. Oh, these are red flags. The father yelling at, ignoring, or generally treating the mother poorly. It's a good tip. I think it's a red flag. The mother doing that to the dad, which is also very bad. The mom flirting with you, which I've personally experienced. Dad kissing your girlfriend on the lips for a long time. These are some quality red flags, bro. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Objectively. Those are good red flags. However, are they things that you need to put in a book? Probably. Hey, hey, hey. If my potential father-in-law lands one on my girlfriend for more than like mm, a third of a second. Yeah. We're having a conversation about that. (laughs) I didn't need Steve Friedman here to tell me that. All right. And the last bit of parenting advice or for meeting the parents is beware of parental language that includes your people, repeated, (laughs) repeated inquiries about your age and relentless questions about your intentions. Okay, let me summarize. Okay, so let me summarize this guy real quick. Um, pursue whoever you want, whether they're hot or they're ugly. Um, yep, facts. Wear, Which I stand by. Yeah, yeah. Um, wear uh, simple watches as not to appear like overzealous. Yep, facts. Um, and don't date a girl whose parents are abusive, flirtatious, or pedophilic. Also, good advice. I mean, oh, you forgot the therapy smart. Oh, yeah, and listen, and yeah, number four, mental health doesn't matter if you're trying to take care of it. You've already lost. All right, and the last part excerpt from this book that I haven't read: 
is phrases to avoid in making your initial approach of a woman. You remind me of my mother. Holds up. Yep. I stand by that. Could have told you that. I haven't been with a woman since I got out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is also (laughs) important to avoid. (laughs) Alex, can we please do that scene real quick? Alex, can we please do that scene real quick? (laughs) Hey, what's going on? Oh, not much. Um, You know, it's just Friday night out with the girls. Hey, do you mind if I just pull you aside for a second? Uh, Yeah, sure. sure. What's up? You might be one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, And it's nothing against your friends, but I th- I think you, compared to any woman, you're always going to stand out. What? Wow. Okay. And you know, it would... Can I get your number? Um, yeah. Um, I'm kind of busy this weekend, but like maybe, maybe next week we can figure something out. Sure. Um, I mean, I just got a new place in Manhattan. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you wanted to come up to my apartment. I haven't been with a woman since I got out. So, um, got, got, got out, got out. Yeah. Prison. Oh, prison. Okay. And And it's not that I haven't gotten with anyone since I got out. And how I'm so conditioned to men that I haven't been with a woman since I got out. And how long ago did you get out? What's today? The thirtieth? Yeah. About six days ago. Oh, you know, I just remembered I lost my phone number. I'm currently like in a dispute with Verizon to get it. I will hey, I will find you and I will let you know. Okay? Gotta go. Bye. Okay. <laughs> That's about how that would go. Um, other things to avoid. Sweet Jesus, I'm in the mood for love. <laughs> These are good tips, bro. Please don't say, sweet Jesus, I'm in the mood for love. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Also, I have so much to give. I need someone who will take. Do you think he means that physically or emotionally? That's a stupid question. That's a dumb question. I think it's a little bit of both. I'm, he doesn't list it here. He only has one more. But in this list needs to be, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. Yeah. Or I'm a lover, not a fighter. You rearrange it how yeah. you like. But. Um, other phrases to not include. Um, I'm working on my own IPA. Um, you should listen to my podcast. Um, you look like a person with a lot of student debt. <laughs> uh, my improv troupe is, provi- is performing on Saturday. Actually, I think that's kind of cool. So feel free to say that. Um, um, the last one he lists is you look like a tequila gal. You know what? Which is not a compliment. Actually, hold on. Let's carry on. I'm going to I'm gonna try something. Craig's Googling tequila gal. What does that look like? Yeah, and that's the excerpts uh, from The Gentleman's Guide to Life. What every guy should know about living large, loving well, feeling strong, and looking good. Um, if you want to know other topics covered in this book, how do I move up without selling out? How do I help my friends and crush my enemies? How do I feel and how do I feed and care for my boss? What kind of suit should I wear? What kind of shoes do I wear with a suit socks? Do I really need to take my own vitamins? Is this? I just want to say real quick. Um, yep. 
you said something along the lines of like, how do I feed and care for my boss? Can we let me jump to that yeah, section? Can we, we can talk, talk about, about that, that? Real briefly. Because sure. I'm going to tell you based on the title alone, my advice, you don't. The care and feeding of the boss. You've been told. I'm only going to read the first paragraph. Maybe not even that. You've been told that the squeaky wheel gets the oil, but you've also heard to keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. So what happens when you're ready to make a brilliant move that will help the company and delight your boss, but you're worried about the costs involved in and said move? The slight chance it won't work. That sentence didn't make sense, but I don't think this guy knows anything about proofreading. <laughs> um, so it's- Is it easier to get forgiveness than permission? Forge Brave. This guy's just, it's nothing but hypothetical yeah, questions. Yeah, so this, it sounds like he's trying to tell you to suck up and hope that by sucking up, your boss appreciates whatever big game move you're about to do. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, skip ahead a couple paragraphs. Basically, it depends. <laughs> I didn't buy a book for you to say, basically, it depends. I love, oh my God. Uh, listen, if I knew that being a self-help author would just be as easy as writing like four fluff paragraphs and then saying it depends, I would have done that like four years ago. <laughs> Oh, boy. Guys, buy this book on Amazon. I'm sure it's there. We need a code or something so we can get paid um, for this. It definitely but, um, is. Let me see. Do you remember how much you paid for it? No, dude. I got this book like four years ago, five years ago. Um. Okay. Well, they're still trying to give you – they're still trying to sell this for $20 paperback. Okay. Let's talk about the prices. $5 Kindle edition. Makes sense. $10 hardcover edition. And then a $20 paperback. Because the paperbacks are selling out, dude. Supply and demand raise those prices. I guess so. Yikes. Well, I'm glad I, I did this because I'm never reading this book again. Maybe next time I pop up this segment, I'll throw up something good. Dude. Maybe a Malcolm Gladwell or something. Oh, uh, man. I, although I would not be opposed to revisiting this book at some point. I have plenty of other books like this, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, good. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So that was the Permanent Good, the PG Book Club. Okay. Um, the one hit wonder, uh, it's going to be pretty short, pretty sweet. We're going to do another TikTok trend. And this is one that, uh, Andrew recommended for us is <laughs> so last night, the reason I'm bringing this up now is because last night I watched the original Muppet movie and there's this trend on TikTok That's like, if you could redo any movie, recast the entire cast as Muppets, but leave one person as a human, what movie would you choose and who would remain human? Kind of like how Michael Caine is the only person in A Christmas Carol. Tim Curry is the only one in Muppet Treasure Island, etc. Right. Um, and we could just like toss a few of them back and forth. This is called really the Muppet Cast. That's the title. Boom. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the it's part of the TikTok trends. Yeah. we do so. I think. This is okay. Good. Real quick, I want to say uh, first off, Shawshank Redemption. Morgan Freeman is the only human. Oh, another good one. Suicide Squad, the Enchantress is the only human. Oh, uh, but I feel like would that make Miss Piggy Harley Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, and then I think su- so. Who would be Deadshot? Who would be Deadshot? I feel like you're kind of getting like a Gonzo vibe from Deadshot. Well, and then yeah. um, And then the Joker's obviously Oscar, right? Oh, interesting. I have I I possibly yeah it's it's the green i'm trying to pair it's the green on green yeah um i i'm trying i feel like uh animal would be either king shark or el diablo yeah yeah i think so too that's a good one um 
<laughs> okay, let's get dark with it. Who would be the only person? Who would, who do you think would be the only human if we did a uh, a Schindler's List Muppets? Oof. Because my heart says Schindler. My would heart be Schindler says just saving all the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, I'm gonna get you out of here. I know they're coming for puppets. <laughs> they're hunting you specifically, and I save them. Um. Yeah. What about? Oh, dude, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like real, like Oscar award-winning, amazing movies. Um, I feel like we could do a Twenty One Jump Street with like Jonah Hill as the only person. So or maybe Ice Cube is the only person. You no, know, you're right. That's the correct answer. That's the correct answer. And there's plenty of Martin Luther King movies where we could just make him the only <laughs> real person, and he gets murked by puppets. Um, it's out there. You know what? Let me. Let's just do it with Lincoln. Let's not make it anything about race. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's throw it back then. Yeah. We'll make it Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis, and he's the only human. I don't know Kermit in that beard and top hat. No, I feel like the better answer is um, Tommy Lee Jones is the only human because I'm trying because yeah. I'm thinking like that like super powerful monologue he does during that debate scene and he's just giving this passionate debate in front of this crowd of Muppets. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. We could do Django and just leave DiCaprio being super racist, dropping the N word around Muppets. <laughs> The Muppet saying the N-word while completely earth shattering is also hilarious. Dude, also we could do Titanic, but DiCaprio falls in love with a Muppet and he's drawing a Muppet naked. <laughs> That'd be pretty fire. Yeah. Be pretty um, sweet. Oh, did you ever watch um Burlesque? Uh, bits and pieces. I, I feel like a Muppet's Burlesque would be funny, or like a Muppet uh sucker punch would be funny. Yeah. Trying to think of other good ones. I mean, those are pretty fire. Yeah, those are those are that's a good chunk of change right there. So Jim Henson Company and Disney, uh, we we got. Oh, we should probably do a Disney movie so that way they have like the rights to it. Um, I feel like an X Men would be good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the Marvels. See if oh, any of them, like, um, what about like Enchanted? Because Enchanted's already yeah, kind of. I mean, of I'm trying wild. to think of better. Like, I'm thinking more plot heavy. Enchanted's got fire music, but I don't really think it's like stands out. What about, oh, dude, we could do it like Aladdin, but the genie's the only real person, and he's not even a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what we could do, if we're just making up rules, is we could do Space Jam, but the basketball's the only real person. <laughs> so now they got to find a guy who gets cast as a basketball, doesn't say any lines for the entire movie, except for when puppets are dribbling him. I feel like I feel like that person would be Bill Murray, bro, or Devito. He just his entire part is just jumping around. It's one of those parts where just like every time they dribble, you just hear a small ow, 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 ow. Yeah, no lines. He's completely naked, and they just drew the basketball lines on him. <laughs> He's wearing like a flesh-colored thong. Yeah, and the, and everything else is body paint. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Disney. We got your backs on this one. All Space right. Jam three, bro. I when mean, Michael Jordan I, and Lord and the uh, Lord, where, where did that? Dude, it's so obvious. I've been drinking; it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then LeBron James in the sequel, and then we bring in Danny DeVito to wrap it up with the trilogy. It is important to note that Disney does not own Space Jam, but I'm sure you could talk to Warner Brothers about that. Oh yeah, it is a Warner Brothers. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Looney Tunes are kind of the whole pivotal 
aspect yeah, to that. It's like, who did Looney Tunes? Oh, yeah. Warner Brothers. The opposite they of They did Disney. that before they did anything else. All right. Well, uh, that was TikTok Trends, the Muppet cast. Um, tell Disney to fund our movies. And we yeah. are available for screenwriting um, any anytime. Tell Disney to bring me my money. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Permanent Good Podcast. Next week, we are watching Tommy Boy, which is available on Paramount Plus and Showtime. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, that movie's a classic. I'm classic. super excited. I watched that it. movie so much as a kid. I'm very excited super to go excited. back to it. Um, yeah, you can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Permanent Good. You can follow me personally at Permanent Handle. You can follow me at all social medias at Alex the Goods, A L E X T H E G Double O D E S. Um, yeah, that's all we really have to say. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, my name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.